Welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. Today we are playing Fantasy by Anthropos Games. I am Calvin Johns, the creator of the game, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm Mr. RPG Hour. I use they, them pronouns. I am playing 12-year-old Sybil, and they use they, them pronouns. Hi, I'm Jonathan Andrews. I am playing Siegfried Bartholomew Carlisle, and he is 17 years old. Both of us use he, him. Oh, and uh, I'm Emmett Hale Farnsworth Guzman. I am, I use he, him pronouns, and I am playing as Jerome Jacobson, but he goes by Jeremy. He's 14 and uh, a foreigner. Well, not really, but like from the East Coast. <laughs> as foreign as that is. <laughs> Hello, my name is Hunter, last name to be determined. I am playing Ryan Jackson. I'm 16 years old, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a suffering artist trying to find myself. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and Ryan uses they, them pronouns. And we are going to be playing in our 1916 boarding school world. Um, this is session one of our Fantasy actual play here. Uh, we've made characters in a previous episode, and you can check that out if you need to. Um, we are in, yes, like 1916. We're in the Pacific Northwest, which is a little strange, I admit. Away at a boarding school. Um, we're setting it at Christmas time. Um, but there's, it's a little bit of a horror campaign. There's going to be some like Alice in Wonderland, Wizard of Oz type things. We're going to take maybe some darker turns. Um, and so just for the content warnings then coming up, um, there will be children in danger. Again, one of our characters is 12, 114, 116, and 117. Um, in your session zero, you know, please talk about these kinds of things and how you would role play um, children in danger um, in your own group. Um, I think we're playing maybe not so much realistically trying to like get in the mindset of a 12, 14, 16, 17 year old, um, but more like things like the the mystery and the and the stories um, in American and British folklore then that uh, will sort of center around those kinds of children. But um, I imagine here we'll have a rather adult-like takes on things. So there will be children in danger. Um, there's going to be a little gothic or comic grotesque imagery. Um, I'll be describing some of those creepy animals and kobolds that we, uh, you know, are in touch with in this Wonderland Oz place. And some of those might be a little bit creepy. Um, also, it's an Edwardian horror. Um, there's going to be some Jack the Ripper references from the Victorian period. There could be um, some kind of, you know, some blood and guts popping out. And there might be a little bit of body horror too. Um, think like Pinocchio children changing into donkeys or things like that. Um, I'm not going to push that too hard. There won't be any sort of real descriptions or, or intense role plays about that. Um, but keep those things in mind. So we have children in danger, um, grotesque imagery, maybe a little bit of the horror, Victorian or Edwardian horror, and then minimal, minimal body horror. Um, so this is going to be scene one in Fantasy. Um, there's going to be some things that I would set out in the table um, normally if we were playing uh, in a group. Being that it's virtual here, we're actually going to have a shared screen where I'm going to set up and push up some cards and tables. I will make sure to sort of vocalize everything for you listening at home. You're not going to miss out on anything here. Um, I'll you know, keep everything above board. But do note then the players may be referring to things um, that they see on this sh shared screen ahead of us. The way I want to set this scene here, you all, it's 1916, it's December 22nd. It's winter time. For the Pacific Northwest, I think that just means some rain. It's going to be a dark and stormy night. You all are alone. Most of this Hogwarts-size boarding school has gone away home to celebrate with their families. You are children who are misfits, neglected, forgotten somehow. But we're going to set you up here. 
The way that Fontagy generally works is I'm going to give you some free checks. We sort of went over some of the rules um, in our earlier episode. I'm going to give everyone at this table now two free checks. Refer to that um, cheat sheet if you need to. But two checks to explain how your character is sort of spending this little winter vacation. I'm going to ask you, you can go in any order you want. Fontagy doesn't have initiative, but I'm going to give you each two checks. And there's going to be sort of two questions you'll answer with your check. That first one is, why are you here? And why did your family not collect you? Like, why are you not home for Christmas? That is the first one. Again, answer that in the rules of a check. You'll be playing off of one of your traits or themes. The only theme for this pre-scene here is dark and twisty. So playing at home then, I would write in a blue marker on an index card and put that down on the table, dark and twisty. So the dark and twisty theme is here. It's a stormy night. That first check is you answering their question, why are you not home with your family for Christmas? That second question is going to be, why did you end up in the boiler room so if we're playing around a table, I would wait for the players to maybe turn around their name markers saying they're ready to go. Again, there's no initiative in Fontagy, so the players get to determine how they want to go each round. All the enemies are going to go in one round. The GM will decide how each obstacle or enemy tile acts. And then the next round, all the players get to go in whatever order they want. So I'm opening up to you um, fine folks here. One check on why you're here over Christmas, and one check on how you end up in that boiler room at midnight. <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. Why I'm here on, on Christmas. And these are just small chances in checks. This is just a small chance for you to build up some drama tokens. right? With a check, you can either change conditions in the story. Uh, you can do that if you want. Um, or you can just sort of build drama by passing these, these small little checks. It's also a way for me as a game master to figure out sort of where your head's at and how everyone is approaching this scene. Because we're telling a story together, it's really good to just do the small work to get on the same page. I am ready. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you, Siegfried. Father told me to stay at the school because he's off selling Bibles on the road. So I'm here doing what I'm told. Perfect. So we can see, so all of us around the table then, that's his turn. That's what is happening. We can look and say, is that dark and twisty? Does that match the theme? No. Does that color inside the lines? Sounds pretty perfect, right? So he sort of riffed off of that character trait, color inside the lines, right? Didn't use any puns, didn't use any wordplay. A great way to pull that character trait. So you're going to roll one die, three or I higher a seven. to get a success. Perfect. So you succeed then. Um, so this is then you sort of, you know, adding an element, adding that backstory. If you would have failed that role, I as a game master um, are going to be creating sort of a condition, a secret condition on the side that could have been, that's not <laughs> where your dad really is, or anything like that, right? But because he succeeded, you've now put that into our story. That's great. You can take Excellent. a drama token. And I am going to keep track of the drama tokens for all of our player characters on my side as well. Dope. Okay, so for... As to why Ryan Jackson is still uh, at the school, I knew my dad and my mom were coming to pick me up, but I, I didn't want to go home with them. They don't get me. So what I did was I made a disguise and I painted my face uh, and I essentially went around the back of the school and did a human statue 
uh, performance. And anybody who walked by me just didn't even notice I was there. And so they assumed I ran away from home again. Nice. And what trait do we think you're playing on? Uh, I'm going to play on what you see is what you get. Perfect. Which is my trait Perfect. So yeah, three or higher on that. Roll for that small check. Seven. Excellent. So yeah, I would say take a drama token for that. That's great. But just building out small momentum, right? These characters are just role-playing a little bit, building up that momentum. Is it my turn? Whoever is ready to go. All right, I'm ready to go. Um, so why am I here on Christmas? The, the thing is, is uh, dad's on the other side of the country, uh, you know, trying to put, put out some media fires. It's kind of hiding me here. From the firestorm by pulling a, a couple strings to get me like admitted to a school like that perfect and you're playing off of your low-key trait yeah can i does it have to be can i use my mob ties trait and the yeah 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 does that does it qualify as dark if not i mean twisty? if you were rolling a full challenge and we're trying to hit multiple things you could in a in a check you only need one all right but i think yeah i think either way right that sort of that little bit of character knowledge uh is worth is worth any of those let's just let's i mean we can say mob ties for now if you want to make that explicit yep so he's rolling one die and you need three or higher on that one ten-sided die okay Uh, let me grab this that's nice. a 10. Good ace there. So you can, you know, you could write a condition um, and change the story a little bit. Or since we imagine, you know, we don't really know where things are going yet, you can take a drama token for your character. Is that what you want to do? Uh, I want to say that my dad's been successful at, at keeping Ooh, Okay, so you, you're, you're going to write sort of like a large-scale condition that says, yeah, my dad's knowledge is hidden. And that means even, even Sybil then, you probably won't be able to reference that at any time in the game. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, that's great. Keeping who I am under wraps and, you know, things from blowing yeah. over too much. So now I'm going to take a, a red marker. All right. And I'm going to write on a, in a red marker on the, on the table here. Um, Jeremy's family history. Uh, unknown. Right, so that sort of thing is unknown. We're putting that on the table. That's a red card. That's something then that that can't uh, you know sort it. of change in the story now. He's made that official. That's great. And what about Sybil? Well, as it so happens, I find out there's going to be some little lovelies staying behind. So what I've decided is I'm going to make a game for everybody to play, and I'm going to leave them letters underneath all of their doors and let them know that there's a wonderful game and that they should all find me in the basement. Dang, so you're answering that second question first. That's good. That sounds like you're playing to that uh, game as a foot. Absolutely. Excellent. So roll that die three or higher. Who four. <laughs> you made it. So do you want Just to take barely. a drama token for that, for sort of, you know, for playing the host, or did you want to have some kind of condition maybe about uh, sort of controlling the situation? Um, no, I'll take a drama token. Smart. 
Okay, and now everyone gets to answer that other question, whichever one they didn't answer last time. Again, in any order, whenever you sort of feel like you kind of figured out a great take on those traits or themes. I think uh, for for Jeremy, um, I think he's kind of paranoid being found out that someone knows something that they shouldn't. Nice. So so yeah, so imagine that's your turn. He said that. So now the rest of this group here, we can see what he might be playing off of. Um, we've got dark and twisty as a theme, and then Jeremy's traits are ready to die, low key, and then also he has that mob ties trait in there. His mind is in a twisty place because he's paranoid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Shoot. And that's and so that's why he actually listens to that note and heads down to the basement. Yeah. I think that's great. So yeah, so roll that yeah. die again. You got three or higher again. Three. That's good. Ties <laughs> ties are successful. Do you want to grab that drama token this Skinny time? Say that maybe you know your character is a little more. I think I want to grab this cool. drama token. So if you're playing at home, then now we would you know actually move a token, a poker chip, something um, to put on that character sheet. We're all keeping track here um, on our own. I'm using buttons. I'm using poker chips. There you go. Okay, so someone sent me a note that said they were going down to the boiler room. Now, first of all, it's dark down there. And second of all, students are not supposed to be down there. So, hey, I'm going down there and I'm taking my baton. <laughs> nice. That plays, I mean, again, that you've got color inside the lines. You've got stronger than it looks. You've got dark and twisty. I think you play to any of those. That's perfect. Three or higher. Roll three. Check. That's I'm going to take that do second you want that drama, drama token, token. Or do you want to... Perfect. So Ryan was already in the in the basement. He never saw the note <laughs> because he wanted to uh, create a mural on the boilers, uh, at least the ones that weren't running for a school this size. There's got to be more than mm -hmm. one. So the ones that weren't running, he was already down there. He's been down there for hours already, and he's got a couple of them already done, and he's painting this continuing mural across all the uh, inactive boilers that's just depicting uh, how he's feeling on the inside. So it's this um, thunderstorm and all the lightning is different shades of red and purples and greens that represent his inner emotions. I feel called out. <laughs> as, as an artist of sorts, I feel called out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's a very easy... And again, I don't have to... I mean, the Game Master doesn't make these decisions, right? The the entire group does, and I think... Yeah, I'd say right? it's paint yeah. the town red. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly yeah, well, And twisty. even that... Well, if and not that what you in see the is dark. what you get, where his very literal... I mean, we, I mean, this is a 16-year-old painting their feelings, right? So, I mean, there is that sort of, like, I use the color red when I'm angry. It's like, oh, good, no one ever thought of that. So... <laughs> so, yeah, I think thunderstorm represents my inner yeah. turmoil. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's great. Yeah. So we're also again multiple of those traits or themes would come into play, but for a check, you really only need the one. You did a great job bringing all those in. So what do they get uh, when Ryan makes that roll? Perfect. Ten. So you can take that drama token, or you could have a condition like walls covered in gorgeous murals, like whatever you need. It's or 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 uh, the smell of paint. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to, I want to set a condition that I have. Uh, 
uh, that I have leftover art supplies. So oh. I, I took some art supplies from the art room. Uh, and I want to set a condition that I still have enough left over for more painting. Cool, I like that. So, so you're, yeah, you're, like you're, you're kind of equipping yourself for the future, right? If if they get that condition in place, yes. and that means then Ryan has, can now say Ryan has more art supplies. So I, yeah, I think that's really cool. Gotcha, gotcha. So then I, as a game master, I'm gonna take out um, another index card. I'm gonna use a red marker, which marks those conditions. Um, and I am going to write that down then. And so for the conditions in Fontagy, um, you wouldn't use them really to, they're not sort of tagged to one person. Conditions are what we call both universal and neutral. So you can't say like, I tied up the goblins. You can't tie somebody up as a condition. We have status effects for that. Um, but in this case, if Ryan is carrying a bunch of art supplies, that affects anyone. Anyone can use those. Anyone can grab those. Those might, I might be able to use those later on to say that's why he sinks in the pond, right? It's something that's universal and neutral. Anyone can play to it. It's true for everyone in the game is kind of the, the goal of that. So perfect. So we're starting that up right now. We've got Jeremy's family history unknown, and we've got Ryan is covered in extra art supplies. Perfect. What about Sybil then? Gotcha. Well, you see, mother has a new boyfriend, and... He's all right, but in all honesty, I wanted to get access to those files, every student's private files. Information is true power, and I could use a little more. I just have to make sure I can get Dang past it. Siegfried. Dang, you got, you folks mm. are going dark fast. Maybe yeah. not dark like horror dark, but like Listen. I'm gonna get dirt on everybody before this game's over. Yeah, that's great. So roll your die up. So I mean we can imagine this idea of this this killer queen gambit, I think, right? Or this eyes in the dark, like you're you wanna get eyes on it. Yeah. Eyes in the dark, yeah. I'd say eyes in the dark. It's definitely dark and certainly. Right? So like all of us can see how this that persons. moves. This is an 11-year-old, by they the way. They are 12. 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, ooh, yes. black butler. <laughs> oh, nine. Nice, perfect. So do you want those? Do you want some kind of condition, or do you want to take that second drama token? Uh, no, I'm going to take another token. Excellent. I have a tendency to go through tokens in games that offer tokens, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As evidenced by fate. Dude. So perfect. So that's so that's that's sort of like even like our pre little round there. Um, I'm now going to take the story where we need to go just to jump into some adventure, right? So all of you then end up in that boiler room for all your different reasons. One of you is painting. One of you is trying to tattle. One of you is there because you're afraid that you're getting tattled on. And one of you is there because you're a megalomaniacal a-hole. But you're all there. <laughs> And that's great. So while you're down there, maybe you have some kind of, uh, um, you know, you all kind of have eye contact. You have that that sort of uh, breakfast club moment where you all sort of just scan each other and see what the who um, is here. You hear some crashing from upstairs, right? There's thunder outside, but there's also noises inside. Everyone jumps to a little space maybe for hiding. Nobody wants to get caught down here. Maybe even Siegfried, because as much as he likes to enforce the rules, um, he doesn't get any special treatment if he's caught down here either. Um, and you hear the door open up to the basement, right? Coming out of maybe an interior um, sort of door. You guys all snuck in here um, through different through, through different ways. This The big lock opens up on that door and heavy steps coming down the steps into this basement boiler room. 
some small chatters, high-pitched wails, something thuds down the stairs. It's several kobolds, little tiny two-foot... Um, if you want to make them dog-faced or you want to make them dragon-faced, whichever version of D&D you like, imagine it your way. I'm going to make these small little miners, right? These are, these are small little critters, somehow related to goblins. These things cause trouble in certain situations, right? These are just little quirky, mischievous kobolds, and they've got a loot. They've got a Santa-style red velvet loot uh, or red velvet bag filled with all sorts of things they've just taken out of the larder, taken out of the decorations. They've got a whole roasted turkey comes falling out of this bag. These chittering, chattering kobolds tumble down these stairs, and you've got a mess now in this boiler room. They pop up. They start filling things back inside the bag, and in the middle of the room where the drain is, that small five-inch little metal plate drain starts to wobble and open up. Everyone sort of feels maybe a little bit nauseous. The world kind of warps around you, and a portal opens up on the floor of this boiler room, and all these kobolds start jumping in with their big Santa sacks over their shoulders that they've used after um, sort of pillaging your boarding school. The last couple sacks, you actually hear a small child kicking and screaming inside the bag, help, help, help! And one of these kobolds is smacking it around. I need one of you to have a sibling at this boarding school. Ooh, me, me. Siegfried. Siegfried has a younger me. sister. She's here at this school. You can recognize her voice through this sack. She's down through the hole. All of you standing around this portal, looking through this weird warping reality now, sweaty, nauseous, world is changing around you. You look down into this strange place and you can see a snowed over frosted field, a small clearing in a pine forest. There's no letterbox, there's no Mr. Tumnus, uh, but you've got a little snow-covered clearing that you can see about 10 feet below the opening of this portal. Mm. I'm gonna give everybody one more check to explain how and why they flop through that portal. So Ryan has always, always been interested in doing some kind of art involving tree sap, uh, maybe sculpting, maybe uh, mixing it in with paint to get an interesting texture. Uh, so he grabs his art supplies and uh, goes ahead and hops into the hole, uh, trying to be sort of sneaky, and he's going to try to get some pine sap and put it into one of his empty paint cans. Okay. So I've got then... We can imagine this. You're just playing to a small paint the town red again. You're going after some art supplies. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to make this yep. um, a five or higher. Again, this is you know the sort of GM prerogative here. I'll say five or higher because I want to see what kind of drama or condition you could get from this particular motive. So I'm going to raise it up so it's going to say five or higher. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Hey, that's I enough. So you jump seven. through. You can either get a condition about that sap, or you can take a drama token. I'll go ahead. I'll take a drama token. I may be scared, but I'm tougher than I look. So I'm going to jump through after my sister. Yes. Roll to five. Uh, take him one more drama token. Dang, Siegfried is loading up with that momentum. <laughs> I think I know what I'm going to do. Um, I, I decide to, I, I go very last because, I mean, like, I feel buying a bit of goodwill 
Like, it doesn't matter whether I live or die, but buying a bit of goodwill will help me to remain a little bit, um, kind of distance myself from the reputation. Oh, so you're going to help on purpose and risking yourself. Yes, because it doesn't matter where, yep, whether perfect. I live so You're playing that ready to die? Roll, I'll <clears> say three or higher. That's great. Uh, that is a cocked. That is a one. So <laughs> if you if you jump in to help, nobody notices. Right? They assume you they assume you either fell in or you did it for a shady reason. And Sybil? Um, <clears throat> um hmm. The kobolds were clearly stealing something. Yeah. And they didn't give you a cut. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't go through the middle there. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how to word it exactly. Um, that other people's gonna other people are gonna be able to kind of understand. Um Basically, I'm going to sort of, as the kobolds were going through, I would have tried to reach out as quickly as possible to get to one of them. Okay. And try and go in with them. Like, as an accomplice, are you being sneaky? Or are you, like, asking, like, hey, can I come with you and see what's up? No. Um, the best way to do it is I'm literally using uh, Queen's Gambit, part of Killer Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Um, the, the style of the chess move. I'm sort of... Um, I'm trying to, in a way, in a 12-year-old's mind, sacrifice myself to try and save Ziggy's sister. Oh, Okay. So I'm trying to get Ziggy's sister. However, in the fashion of Queen's Gambit, when a pawn moves into place, the white pawn is sacrificed. Yeah. So in that way, I'm, I'm basically being pulled into their world. So I am unsuccessfully doing what I am attempting to do and therefore sacrificing myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you were intentionally, you were trying to like stop the sort of, if we imagine it was like a like a lineup or some kind of like marching order, you tried to actually get in the way and maybe stop it, but you just got bowled over by these little marching kobolds singing their their tune, and you get tumbled down into the rabbit hole also. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So three or higher. I just wasn't sure how many of y'all actually knew Queen's Gambit, the chess move. Um, I played chess as a kid, so I was trying to figure out like how I could explain it to somebody else. I, I like that. I mean, that whole idea of like self-sacrifice, right? You're just pulling off of the valence from that trait, and that's that's great. Ooh, ooh, I, five. I think it was a perfect, five. Fine explanation. Do you want a drama oh, token, or do you want a condition about somehow how you tumble in or how it ends up when you get there? I'm gonna take a condition. Okay. Um. Ah. Uh, I don't know how it would be worded, uh, but um. I'll leave that up to y'all. But yeah, no, I'm going to take a condition on this one. 
And do you want to be, do you want to have like maybe central position, right? So if a condition is going to be sort of like a fact in the encounter that's about to pop up, do you want to, you could say something about, you know, like the, you know, if, if all of the player characters are sort of in the center, you could have the, maybe you land, you know, heads up. Um, you could maybe tumble over the kobolds and you can have, again, you wouldn't be specific. You, you couldn't like give them a status effect, but you could say that, you know, the kobolds are scattered or something like that, which maybe you could use to your advantage later. All these conditions should be little facts that you can use to your advantage later. Yeah, I'll say that it definitely, um, <clears throat> I threw off their equilibrium, so to speak, and have caused them to be scattered from where they were hoping to have landed. Cool. So I'm going to grab that red marker, and I'm going to write these dis the disrupted kobolds, right? And so again, this isn't a status effect. Um, this isn't like they're not going to necessarily be penalized for this, but it's just sort of a fact of the matter that now all the kobolds are sort of scrambled around um, because uh, Sybil sort of jumped in that and sort of like, you know, botched up their lineup or their march, right? Like breaking the line of hand. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, you're all there now. You all tumble into this field. Um, it's a small clearing, maybe like 30, 40 feet. Um, you've got two feet of powdered, undriven snow. You can see the pine forest surrounding you. When you look back up, it's a hazy, hazy, snowy sky. But then there's that weird warped portal about 10 or 15 feet off of the ground. Um, as you land there, maybe like Siegfried, you notice your baton actually sort of like grows or becomes larger than you know it was before. It, what used to be the sort of like maybe drum major type of baton that you just found somewhere and sort of claimed as your own. And now maybe it takes on more of the quality of a weapon of some sort, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Jeremy or Jerome, <laughs> when you land down there, maybe you feel like all of those memories you have of your father's mob friends, like sort of like refirm in your mind and they kind of take strange shapes, right? And you're sort of noticing this strange connection you have um, with these these other folks, which maybe I'm imagining if we're in some kind of like Wonderland type world, you might be able to t summon some of these Tweedledees and Tweedledums, right? These weird like goons of sorts or something, right? Whatever that might be. But everyone think about how these powers that you rolled up earlier are kind of slowly becoming known or or you're becoming aware of them um, now that you're in this, this strange new place. So we're going to set up our first combat. That was sort of just a pre-scene. Kind of took us a little while actually to role play through that. Um, I've thrown a couple other themes on the table. We now have getting your hands dirty and strangers become friends. So the three themes together then with dark and twisty, these are just extra phrases you can play off of. I've put down three cards written in black markers. These are going to be the obstacles or problems in the scene. For this scene here, um, it's just sort of a straightforward combat with these kobolds at the moment. So I have two different tiles for different kobold kidnappers. Um, I've given them some traits, and I have some more detailed cards actually here. Um, if we were playing at home, uh, you know, the players would be able to see the sort of different stats up to the, the GM's prerogative. I've just put kobold kidnappers down there. Um, and then we've got one that's a little bit chunkier than the rest. So if you picture these as sort of, uh, you know, somewhat uh, humanoid, small mining, little mischievous creatures that just come in and take apart airplanes, take apart cars, take apart buildings, steal things. Um, they've got three different groups of these uh, cobalt kidnappers. I'm going to put the tiles out in front of me. I've put them out in this shared screen here. But really just think about we've got three different groups of these kobolds that all have to be dealt with in their own. I'm going to take turns for these kobolds. 
I'm actually putting some drama tokens on their tiles as well, um, based on my own GM prerogative, but also then based on some of the things that happened earlier and how the characters have role-played and how things have uh, come into place. I'm actually gonna give two drama tokens to every one of these clusters here. And I'm gonna then take uh, their turn. So I'm gonna let these kobolds then uh, go sort of first in the combat. And they're gonna then go in whatever order I want before the players get to respond again. So for this first group of kobold kidnappers, my trait is gnashing of teeth. This kobold opens the mouth wide. There's let's say three or four of them in, you know, scattered about. Um, they notice these children. One of them drops the sack of this kicking child. One of them drops another big red velvet sack. And they drop beneath the snow. And it kind of looks like a Bugs Bunny hill as this group of kobolds is moving through the snow, this sort of ripple happens above them and they twist and wrap around you and end up popping up then um, right in front of Jeremy. And they're gonna try to open up their mouth almost like tremor style, just get you on the top of that shoulder and pull you down underneath the snow, right? So that's my turn. I imagine I'm playing to this gnashing of teeth. I get this dark and twisty um, for just their path maybe there. And I probably didn't do a good job of getting anything else. I could have mentioned them digging through the dirt and try to go for a really literal idea of that hands dirty. I did not. So I played the two things. I've got two drama tokens. I'm about to roll four dice against Jeremy. Um, so Emmett here, you get to role play whatever you want in defense, playing to as many traits and themes as you can. I would say, again, keep it concise. This is one turn, one action. Your character's action should determine what you hit, not necessarily your flowery description. So let's just keep it as tight as we can. All right, all right. So what I'm going to try and do, can I reach out my hand and, like, claw against, like, one of their faces and just, like, um, and just, like, um, just, like, rake the blood and, like, uh, like, I want to try and, like, tap into this power that I have to, like, get him to swing out against one of the other ones. Okay. I like that. What do we think he, what do we think that he has there? I can see it getting your hands dirty. Um, I might be able to see a ready to die too, this kind of just like, you know, blood contest for the first time. And then maybe a dark and twisty. I can see an argument for strangers become friends oh, shit. <laughs> into a temporary ally. Okay, so he has, he's gonna grab this thing by the face and like whip it against. I'm gonna like else. rake it and like try and like. I'm okay with that too. Control it. Yeah. 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 I like that. So we've got so that's getting your hands dirty, dark and twisty, ready to die, and strangely become friends. That's four plus your drama token, so you're rolling nice. five dice. So right. I have to put that into a roller. And so I now don't it's just gonna be the, ten. So. Not everybody has a giant bag of D10s. Is that not a thing? How do you use sidekick? I have seven giant bags of D10 right here. Oh, there it is. I got uh, a 10, and 9, and two fives. My highest number is a 3. So every <laughs> die you have so over four, 3. Over 3? What? Okay, so yes, I rolled <laughs> gotcha, three, three, gotcha. two, and one. Um, 
So every Yikes. die of his over three is going to hit. So how many of those you have? Jeez. That's four successes. So in a challenge, then, you can either play with those red cards, those conditions. We've got Disrupted Kobolds, and we've got Snow-Covered Clearing. Um, you can use those conditions now. If you play off of those, you can get rid of some of the drama tokens okay. of your enemies. So, like, right now, this Kobold tile has two... I want one of them tokens, to just, right? like... Um, I want one of them to just, like, clobber the other. Um, and I can, I can get rid of do- yeah. drama tokens and do damage. Yeah, you have four successes. Uh, the so you the do two Tonky two if Boy. Dig it. Well, the one that I attacked you with it was just this first one here. So we're going to say you throw this these ones that are grabbing you. Yeah. You're going to throw them into the Chonky Boy. Okay, so, so what's happening here that I imagine you're doing damage to the yeah. ones that are attacking you. So I'm just going to, again, we're just, we're just, if I were the Game Master, I'd just reach over there and I'd cross off these hit points for this one and then you're taking away tokens yeah. from the chonky boy with this condition being these um disrupted kobolds right you're playing to yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah. These scattered... exactly and so it's like swinging out yeah. wildly right so the those first two successes are dealing damage and those second two are playing off of that condition that already exists disrupted kobolds and he's using that to his advantage twice boom boom that's a great way to sap drama from your opponent. Perfect. Um, perfect. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> uh, so, the, the second kobolds then um, see that that happened. Um, these kobolds have creep and crawl as their trait. Um, so they see. So while this is happening, I guess the next ones are going to pop down. They're also, you know, scampering underneath the snow, showing that sort of Bugs Bunny trail behind them. You see that sort of puff (laughs) as the snow explodes behind them. And four or five of these kobolds are going to pop up around Siegfried here um, and try to uh, pull him down and under. And these ones then are going to try to drag you away. And I want to see Siegfried's like longer (laughs) legs sort of kicking above the snow like he's this sort of... uh, uh, like a a water skier that's fallen over getting dragged. (laughs) by this trail of kobolds and i want him to just go off into the distance just getting dragged away so i'm gonna play to creeping and crawl i'm gonna play to getting your hands dirty for that ground and i think that's it so i've got two plus my drama tokens for these kobolds i'm rolling four dice as well and then uh siegfried gets a full defense roll a channel well i didn't expect to be here but now that i'm here among my fellow students i'm going to steal myself and take action myself to Stop these guys and not let them take me. Huh? Dig it, dig it. So what do we all what do we think is getting played um, to here? Um I think what was what were your conditions? It was like tough. Tougher than it Well the 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 traits are stronger than it looks, yeah. which I think is good. Um inspired by beauty and color inside the lines. I think we get stronger than it looks for sure. And I kinda like the idea of stranger become friends. Um and I might even go with getting yeah. your hands dirty. This is kind of like you finally got to, you know, like the, the goody two-shoes has to roll up his sleeves sort of thing. And then three tokens. I mean, I'm thinking three okay. and three for six. Me. That sounds fair to me. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right. Rolling six dice. My highest Woo-hoo. is a 10. I, I only got, got one 10. Also. Well, okay. me too. So we're playing zero clashing. In the default rules, that would be a clash. We'd both actually tie. You'd both mm-hmm. gain one drama token, and that would be the end of the turn. It's kind of like a stalemate. Mm-hmm. Like, 
um, like a good uh, like a good <laughs> anime or a good Bruce Lee movie or something where the two combatants just ricochet off each other in the air. Um, but in Zero Clashing Rules, which is great for conventions and actual plays, you both are going to get Ooh. one success. I am going to do one uh, damage against you. I'm going to try to cross mm -hmm. off one of those stress wounds and say, you get beat up a little bit by these folks pulling you down, and you're going to actually get underneath that snow. Maybe you don't get pulled away, but you get dragged under the snow a little bit, and you're going to suffer one wound. What are you going to do to this? I'll bash them once. Here? Assuming it's the one nice. with two individuals and not the double. Indeed it is. That's it, then. All right, all right. So he's doing half the damage. So you throw off a, you throw off three or four of those cobalts, and the other three or four mm -hmm. actually get you and pull you under. Great. And now we've got the chunky boy. The chonky boy. boy. What, what it, the chonky, <laughs> boy. chonky boy. The chonky boy. Um, his trait oh, is a brick. Oh, he's thick as a brick. <laughs> Spicy. So the chonky boy sees both of you getting, you know, thrown around. Um, he's gonna go after this. This Sybil has a little bit of has a little bit too much confidence in their face. Um, so the chonky boy and I guess they're also the smallest <laughs> since they're only twelve and like four foot eight oh, or gosh. whatever. Uh, so the chonky boy, I'm picturing like a Pac-Man style thing, is just gonna jump forward and try to swallow the wow. kid oh, entirely. Shit. You've got one big cobalt, like where like the head and the belly are like the same thing, like no neck. <laughs> oh and god! Like, and this cobalt just hops up and is just gonna swallow you, uh, and like make us really disgusting, like wet sucking motion, and just swallow you all the way down. So I'm playing a, a thick as a brick, and I've shoot, and that's it. Wait. Yes, I had an amazing description that hit none of my faces. Because uh, I was too worried about sounding good on the recording and not being strategic. Calvin and I'm rolling, I'm rolling one die. It don't be like that. People say it don't be like that, yeah. but it do. So Sybil gets then a full challenge, like a okay. counter attack. Okay. Um, hmm. So, Sybil, as this thing starts to swallow Sybil, uh, they're going to grab their necklace and just slice at this thing's throat as uh, they're going in. Um, and at the same time, they're going to grab uh, onto the tongue oh. and yank it. Um. And like, kind of almost pull themselves in a little bit more, and then they're gonna start punching the back of the throat, hoping, um, uh, completely a gamble here, but hoping that they manage to kick in a gag reflex and a vomiting reflex. That's definitely getting your hands dirty. Dig it. It's it's pretty dark too. Yeah. yeah. So getting the rest of you. Dirty I was hoping too. for getting your hands dirty, dark and twisty. Um, uh, eyes in the dark a little bit. Um, I'd say eyes in the dark. I give you that. Yeah. And then, uh, and yeah, then the Killer Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit was uh, what I was hoping for. I didn't think I was going to get uh, games afoot in that, but uh, uh, yeah. What, what do you think about disrupted yeah. no, kobolds? Good. That sounds pretty disrupting. Well, the condition you can't play to, but he can use that in his advantage to get ah, rid of okay, the right, token. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you've got that's four tra traits or themes and two drama tokens. So you're rolling six dice. Against my will. <laughs> that sounds fair. Fair. 
I've got to roleplay three characters here, okay? It's hard yeah, to keep that's it. Sure. I got a four. <laughs> you got a four? Yeah. Um, I got one ten, two eights. God. A five and two fours. So you got four successes. Boy. What do you want to do with those four successes? Um, it's a challenge, so you can deal damage, or you can play with the conditions. Add, subtract, or use them to uh, to sap drama from an enemy. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and do some damage. Yeah, I need <laughs> to do that. So the Cobalt has a two block, which means you have to score two successes and one roll to do it, which you did. So that'll take two of your successes, and you have pulled... You, I mean, I'll let you narrate it, but you, I think you, you gobbed through our, our <laughs> chonky boy. Uh, and then you get two more successes, too. Um, you could follow Emmett's lead and use that disrupted condition to get rid of the two tokens off of some of these kids. Yeah, you know what? That that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and um, get rid of um, two of those tokens. And um, so they just messed with the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, well, give us that turn then. Tell us how you how you kill that <laughs> chonky boy and then how you just how you play off of the fact that those cobalts are disrupted to really ruin the momentum of those other two um, little scraggly ones that have gripped up on Siegfried. So as I'm pulling myself in and I'm trying to do everything in my power to get this thing to throw me back up, I also cause it to lose some teeth. I didn't know I was a dentist, but I guess I could take that up later on too. <laughs> and um, as everything's kind of just, settling down i finally hear the stomach gurgling and it throws me back up and i'm just covered in Ugh. just icky icky stuff and i just kind of look over slide my ring back on my finger and i just wave at the other little <laughs> cobalt and do you want to try now too <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gross. So he like he pukes his own guts out and like falls over like a shriveled husk. Yikes. And then and the other I ones also look at you horrified. and you're just like covered in goo. Wave, wave. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, so he's he's dead and out. There's the other kobolds have been squished dead and out as well. Uh, it's your all's turn. You can go whatever order you want. And I've got one group of kobolds left with one little baby stress wound and no <laughs> drama tokens. There's like three kobolds just like, uh -huh, and like chattering their teeth in their knees um, looking up at you all. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go first. Please. Um, so seeing that the kobolds have been digging around underneath the snow and noticing that um, there's this magical element to what's happening. You know, rings are turning into blades and batons are growing in size and, you know, mind control is happening. Uh, Ryan gets an idea. He's going to dip paintbrushes into pinks and yellows and greens and he's going to slash the paint in front of him and try to clear away all of the snow and turn this into a spring oh. clearing rather than a snow-covered hmm. clearing. You're like unpainted. That is really that's cool. cool. That's cool. So are you going to roll this as a challenge against those kobolds? you want to do a small check to get rid of that snow-covered clearing condition? I want to get rid of the snow-covered clearing condition. Um, yeah, cool. So playing into the trait of, um, you know, what you see is what you get. 
you know, turn it into a spring clearing. So it's a spring clean. You don't get snow anymore. You don't see it. You don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I'll say three or higher for that. That's great. Oh shit. <laughs> That's a one. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So you fill out checks. So you don't get to use your success to get rid of that condition. And I'm actually then going to write down, um, a little condition that I can get to bring into play whenever I would like <laughs> um, based on that failure. Wonderful. Here we oh, go. Oh, boy. boy. <laughs> okay. Who else we got? Siegfried, they're they on are. you right now. They're just going to chill in the snow. I guess I'll go. No, I'm waiting to see if somebody else wants to I'll, go first. I, I'll go and rescue him. I, you know, I'll, I'll take, I don't hit. have an initiative. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take the hit. I guess I'll, I'll just kind of run over there and like clock a cobalt in the back of the head. Um, <laughs> I dig it. Like, I mean, that's okay. Like so if, let's imagine that's yeah. Emmett's turn. Imagine that's Jeremy's turn. Yeah. I'm going to run over there and clock it. Right. Yeah. And sucker punch it. That's the turn. So I'll go for um, getting your hands dirty and strangers become friends. Yeah. Pretty easily, right? Super simple. A sucker punch, punch is dark. And gets you one oh, for yeah. your drama token. <laughs> okay, yeah. If we I want, okay. I'm cool with that, too. Dark, so a movie. <laughs> that, too. Street well, that no los dos. I, okay. Well, I, don't, well, I want to pull back guys, on that like, dark, though. Okay, yeah, it's still getting your hands uh, dirty. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it okay. qualifies, but... Okay, so we'll go mob ties, getting your hands dirty, strangers become friends, okay. and then one for your tokens. So you're rolling four dice. These little cobalts have creep and crawl. Um, they are going to, they're just going to, it's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> like as soon as you come over, they just drop into the snow, and you're going to start feeling them biting at your ankles. Um, and that's all I got. I got my creep and crawl. Snow covered clearing. Oh, no, wait, and... that's a condition. Sorry. <laughs> I can use that. Yeah, I'll use that to my advantage if I can. I rolled an I'm eight. waiting for for sidekick to, to work for me. Oh, man. Jonathan oh, Brandis. Man. Okay. I think you guys okay. are about to finish. So we got, I'll just roll. I got an eight. I got a two. I got a four. Oh, that's cock. And I got a six. Okay, so we clash. We're both going to gain right. a drama token from that. So let's you come up and you. Uh, it's one on you, one on them. Um, so we had a clash. Both f folks rolled the same thing. Uh, we had an a tie. I imagine I, you like, punch, punch him, and it just like bust up your I knuckles. I was expecting down there. more, but they just like keep running. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and they'll take and we'll have Siegfried's feet mm -hmm. be kicking as he's getting mm -hmm. then pulled away a little bit a little bit farther. I'm just punching through the snow. So we've still got we've still got Sybil and Siegfried left. No way! I'm gonna dig my heels into the dirt and pound this guy with my uh, baton. Digging it. I've got hands dirty, stronger than it seems. I might even go a colors inside the lines if you're literally going along mm -hmm. with them and like like I kind of like that too. And your Damn three tokens right. at six. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to say they're, yeah, they're crawling and pulling you away and they're going to try to zigzag mm -hmm. a bit to drop you. So with my zigzag, I'm going to try it. to get that dark and twisty. I got my creep and crawl and my token. I'm I'd also like to add, I think that that counts for getting hands dirty. So I think Siegfried actually gets one more. I, I think he get, he said that. I think we included. Oh, sorry. I missed one. that one. Yeah. He got that. I've, I've got, got a six eye over here. 
and a seven. Damn. <laughs> you, just, you just got wrecked. You need to throw something harder at us. <laughs> so you hit it with a baton and basically explode his head. Baton is stronger than it looks. Uh, <laughs> so I had one. I had one stress wound, one hit point left. That's three successes. You can completely just destroy that last cobalt. We've got a husk of a chonky boy blown up. We've got scattered, bloody remains of kobolds all over the place, and four school children in a <laughs> blood-soaked um, clearing of snow. To and my sister. Scene, I think. And one with a splash of paint <laughs> everywhere. Just standing by themselves. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> all right. Sure, yeah. I'm Calvin Johns. I'm with Anthropos Games. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or anthroposgames.com, and uh, we've got a lot of Phonogy stuff there for you to pick up. Hello, my name is Hunter. I am part of the NBlog Collective, and we actually have our own podcast coming up. Episode 1 releases in May. Be on the lookout for that through Apple Podcasts and any other podcast network you may fancy. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me on Twitter, at Skunkosaurus. That's S-K-U-N-K-O-S-O-U-R-O-U-S. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find RPG Hour at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Ko-Fi, and Podchaser. All at RPG Hour. Give us a thumbs up, retweet us, give us five stars. That helps us reach more people. Uh, and until the dice roll again. Yeah.